Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. Welcome to this week's show. So today's episode is going to focus on obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, it's a mental illness, mental disorder, and I realized I don't think I've done a episode on this topic, and it is an actual pretty um, big topic in the mental health industry, so I thought I'd focus on it today. Before we get started, I would like to remind you that this show is live. It's on Thursdays at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you want to email me, I am Erica H, that's Erica with a K, H at newheightseducation.org. Um, my email is always open for questions, comments, other topics you'd like me to cover. I, you know, I'd love to hear from you. Um, this is, um, this show is on Zoom. I do have my Zoom open for chat and other um, communications. If you'd like to talk to me on Zoom, the number is one 8656 This is a United States number. It's through New York, so your long-distance charges may apply. Our Zoom meeting ID is 465-172-892. All right. So that being said, let's get started with obsessive-compulsive disorder. Um, so what is obsessive-compulsive disorder? Obsessive-compulsive disorder, or OCD, and that is probably the last time during this episode you'll hear me use the full term, but it is OCD. It's a mental health disorder. It's characterized by the need to perform certain actions repeatedly, such as counting individual items and washing hands. That's probably the, the most famous two symptoms of OCD. People usually, like in the media, if they're trying to portray somebody who has OCD, they'll usually go for the hand-washing visual because it is very visual um, and very immediate. Um, so, But although these actions might be some of the more famous symptoms, like I said, uh, but they are 
by no means the only symptoms of OCD. You can have obsessive compulsive disorder surrounding pretty much any activity. It's not limited to, you know, counting or washing hands or any of the others that you may have seen or heard of. So what are the symptoms of OCD? Um, so people with OCD, they may have obsessions, compulsions, or both. So that's a good um, that's a good thing to bring up here, um, a point to make. Obsessions and compulsions are not the same thing. A person with OCD can have either one of those as on its on its own or both. Um, both of these cause anxiety. Some common obsessions are, which means that you think about it a lot and you are unable to stop thinking about it, even though you know it's excessive. Um, some common obsessions are fear of germs or, or contamination, recurrent thoughts of taboo or unwanted thoughts regarding religion, sex, or harm of self to, or others, um, or harm to self or others. So again, these are examples. Not everyone with OCD focuses on these particular topics. Um, a person with OCD can fixate on pretty much anything. Um, it doesn't have to be these particular topics. They're just some of the most frequent. Um, a topic becomes obsessive if an individual thinks about it repeatedly and it causes anxiety. Again, causing anxiety. Um, generally speaking, these are thoughts that people don't want to be thinking. Um, and it causes them great distress um, to be thinking them. So some common compulsions are washing hands and counting items, like I men mentioned repeatedly. This is even when the individual does not want to do these things. Again, same thing with the, th the thoughts. Um, individuals with OCD also tend to organize items in a precise way and experience anxiety when they perceive something to be out of order. Uh, for example, straightening a crooked picture frame, organizing clothing in a certain way, and becoming upset when that order is disrupted. So a lot of here's the difference. A lot of people I know actually do color coordinate their clothes. They put the red clothes, the red um, items in one area, the the blue items in another. That's not necessarily as obsessive. It becomes obsessive when the it has to be that way the colors have to be in a certain order or the person becomes upset or anxious. It's the um, reaction that really causes the obsession or compulsion. 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 So, um, so again, it's not necessarily the action, it's the person's reaction to the action. So a habit becomes OCD when the compulsion interferes with daily life and or relationships, um, or a person can't control thoughts or behaviors even when they recognize that they are excessive. I mentioned that um, earlier at the top here. And the person doesn't get pleasure from the action but may get temporary relief from anxiety. Um, so those are a couple of the signs of OCD and what constitutes OCD and what doesn't. I'm going to go through the risk factors for OCD, but first I'm going to have a 
um, little announcement from NAGG. And I will be back with you on the other side of the break. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. Uh, once again, I am your host, Erica Hansen. Today's um, discussion is about obsessive compulsive disorder, a mental health disorder that uh, causes people to perform actions or think thoughts repeatedly, um, even though they may not want to be doing those, like washing hands, as I mentioned at the first part of this episode. Um, now we're going to go over some risk factors for OCD. Again, these are just risk factors. Just because you um, have some of these, maybe genetic component, like I'll speak about in a minute here, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to develop OCD. It just means that you are at a higher risk of it. Um, your, your chances of getting it are higher, not necessarily that you will get it. So, few risk factors. OCD can affect individuals at all stages of life, which is, although most cases are diagnosed at around age 19. So, even so, an individual can be diagnosed much later in life or develop it much later in life as well. Um, usually 19 to 35 is the, is the typical diagnosis point, but people can be diagnosed with OCD and they can um, show symptoms of OCD after age 35 as well. Interestingly, boys are usually diagnosed earlier than girls. Um, OCD is considered a common disorder. It affects people all over the world. So out of all the mental disorders, it's one of the most common uh, you know, it, it really doesn't discriminate between, you know, race, age, um, you know, gender, that sort of thing. It doesn't, it doesn't, it can hit anybody. So scientists believe that OCD has a genetic component. Your risk for OCD increases if you have a close family member, which means usually a parent or a sibling, who has the disorder already and further increases if that relative develops this disorder in their teen years or earlier. So again, if your sister or your mother has OCD and they developed the disorder when they were in their teen years, you might have a higher risk of getting OCD as well. Um, but as with many health, mental health disorders, research is ongoing on this. Um, mental health mental health issues is a constantly evolving practice. Um, most mental health um, disorders are currently still being um, researched. So you know things can change at any moment. Um, there's still a lot of research to be done. 
So additionally, imaging studies have shown that there are abnormalities or differences in the brain structures of those with OCD, and that's compared to a non-OCD-affected person. So the link between brain structure and OCD is still unclear. Again, more research needs to be done. Um, <clears throat> scientists have also found a link between those that develop OCD and childhood trauma, although, again, these studies are still being pursued. And again, this is risks. You don't necessarily have to have a childhood trauma in your background to develop OCD, although people, there is a link there. Last but not least, some children may develop OCD or OCD symptoms following a strep infection. Again, this is the streptococcal um, infection. I did an episode with it on it a while back. Um, strep is pretty common. Um, I, this is a new one on me. I did not know that children could start to, uh, displaying OCD symptoms after having strep. So that's interesting. Um, completely new thing to me. So yeah, um, things are being discovered every single day. I'm going to take another break for a word from our sponsor, Silicon Valley High School. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School, the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen. If you missed the first two segments of this show, please be advised, of course, we will be uploading this show to our website, as we do with all of our shows. So if you've missed some uh, shows, they are on our website, uh, Archive, and I encourage you to check those out. So we're back talking about obsessive compulsive disorder and let's talk about prevention and treatment. So prevention, there's no way to prevent OCD at this time. It, like I said, it's, it's a genetic disorder is what they're thinking. And that's usually, I mean, shows up at birth. So until we have, I guess, genetic <laughs> alteration, there's really no way to uh, prevent OCD per se. However, there are several diagnosis and treatment options. Um, typically, OCD is treated with a variety of medications and psychotherapy. Um, although a patient may be pursuing one or the other, combination of these therapies is recommended. That's the most typical um, medication and therapy, both, um, to control the OCD. It is important for a provider to be on the lookout for other mental illnesses when diagnosing OCD. Um, again, just because somebody has anxiety doesn't necessarily mean they have obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, patients can suffer from more than one disorder at a time. They can have anxiety, depression, or a body dysmorphic um, disorder, which means that you you feel that a part of your body is um, abnormal 
which actually I may do a longer episode on that at a different time. Um, but again, providers need to be careful not to come up with a diagnosis of OCD when other factors may be involved. So what type of medication is offered for OCD treatment? Um, right now, SRI and SSRI um, medications are typically used to treat OCD. Um, SSRI is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which means it blocks the ability to um, process serotonin in your brain. Serotonin is the neurotransmitter that can cause, um, that gives you, that basically makes you happy or makes you respond to a stimulus um, with pleasure. Now this is not necessarily a bad thing blocking this. Um, it may help a person with OCD who gets stuck in that loop of, you know, doing something to relieve an anxiety, um, get out of that loop. Um, people with depression actually take medications that increase serotonin because with depression, it's a lack of serotonin. Um, so these medications typically work by blocking the neurotransmitter called serotonin, like I said. Um, however, they do do this in very different ways. So I'm not going to go into SRI and SSRI and how they work. Um, I do have a link for you in the show notes about specifically those medications and what the differences and similarities are like. Um, so I will put that in there. If you um, are interested, please check that out. But like most medications, SRI and SSRIs come with side effects. Again, so talk with your doctor to decide if these medications are right for you. So I'm going to take another quick break and for an announcement from NHEG, and I will be right back with you. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store at new-heights-educational-group.myshopify.com. Welcome back to the New Heights Show on Education. I am your host, Erica Hansen, and now we will continue our discussion of OCD and some of the uh, treatments that are available for OCD. Um, we were speaking a last segment about the medications prescribed for OCD. Typically, it's an SRI or SSRI. Um, but if those medications, they prove ineffective, which sometimes happens, your provider may prescribe an antipsychotic medication, such as Risperdal or Seroquel, to alleviate symptoms. Again, if you're prescribed an antipsychotic, that doesn't mean you have a psychotic disorder. 
Um, it just means that your OCD may not respond to the typical treatments of SSRIs, for example, and they need to use the antipsychotic um, in order to control the OCD. Um, research, however, again, is still continuing um, to find more medications that can treat OCD um, more effectively. Um, a note on psychotherapy techniques. Uh, psychotherapy techniques such as cognitive behavioral therapy or exposure therapy have shown to be effective treatments for OCD. Um, cognitive behavioral therapy is used to basically change the way you think about things. Um, and exposure therapy is basically exposing you to the stimuli that triggers triggers like the anxiety. For example, for a person with OCD, um, making them touch dirt and then not allowing them to wash their hands for a period of time. Um, so they have to kind of sit with that anxiety and not perform the behavior that would alleviate that for a time has been shown effective for actually treating OCD and breaking that cycle. Um, again, I'm not going to go much further into these therapies. Um, I may do episodes on these therapies specifically later, um, but both have been shown to be very effective treatments. Um, in 2018, the FDA approved transcranial magnetic stimulation or something called TMS. Um, now this is, I've found several sources that give me different dates on when the FDA actually approved this. Um, the first date I found was in 2018, but the FDA has approved transcranial magnetic stimulation. It's an adjunct to treatment of OCD in adults. It's another uh, treatment basically use, um, it's non-invasive. Basically, a patient with OCD sits under a machine and they blast magnetic waves into your brain and that is supposed to correct imbalances that cause the OCD. Um, this has been approved by the FDA. Again, I don't um, want to go too deep into this right now in this episode, so I will leave a link in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in that therapy and what it exactly does. Um, <clears throat> so I'd like to remind you, as always, if you think you have OCD or another mental illness, I really urge you to talk to your healthcare provider about diagnosis and treatment. It's really important. It can improve your life immeasurably. Um, there are many options for patients with mental illness now and more being researched every day. Um, I think although there used to be a stigma around mental illness, and there still is to some degree, I think that stigma is lessening over the years and over the decades. Um, so please don't be afraid to reach out if you think you have a mental illness like OCD. Um, it's important. It's important for your health, not only your body, you know, your body needs attention, but your mind and your emotional well-being also needs attention as well. Um, 
So again, if you feel you may harm yourself or feel suicidal, um, I urge you to please contact the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-TALK again. So that ends our discussion on OCD. Again, it's a, it's a brief overview, like many of these episodes are, because I only have about 20 minutes or so to discuss, um, you know, the, the condition. Much more can be done on OCD and many of these other um, conditions. Um, I urge you to check these things out. Again, I left some links in the show notes. Um, if you have any questions, please contact me, Erica H at um, newheightseducation.org. Um, I am always open to new topics. So again, uh, please leave me a link or leave me a suggestion at that email address. I'll be happy to respond to you. And we can put together any topic that you'd want to find out more about. I'm going to go ahead and sign off for today. Again, I'll see you next week. And I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Take care, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. At One Day University... We feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly Scholar Newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com.